Well, hello, hello, and welcome on in yet again to the Glenn Merzer Show. I am Rich Reynolds helping to set Glenn up to make him look as good as is humanly possible. I do my best <laughs> to achieve that. And to find out more about me and about Glenn, uh, you can go ahead and click on realmeneatplants.com. Click on that support button, help our podcasts out, and also take the 30-day challenge. Read the blogs, go to our YouTube channel, Glenn's YouTube channel, all that kind of good stuff. Find me on social media at Rich, and find Glenn Mercer all over the place as well, too, as we bring in... Yes, the author, screenwriter, playwright, comedian, and podcast host, Mr. Glenn Merzer. Hello, Glenn. Hello, Rich. So tell me, is it a Herculean task to try to make me look good? Is that is that a lot of pressure? <laughs> Actually, it's probably the easiest job that I have oh, out of all the hats that I wear. That's a sweet thing to say. So I thought what we would do today is talk nutrition. Talk okay. about what we like to eat and how we keep ourselves healthy. Love so it. So here's, here's my first question to you. When you were growing up and then when you became a young adult, did you think of food as something that just tastes good or did you ever think that it actually served a purpose, i.e. So nutrition? Yeah, I never thought about it as far as nutrition goes. So I was raised, uh, you know, especially like I didn't see much of my dad's family. I saw a lot of my mom's family. My mom's family is very Italian and everything about them it revolves around food. And so we would be eating one meal and discussing the next meal. So you're eating <laughs> lunch and talking about dinner. That was, you know, the, the Italian way to do things. Wine was included with a lot of meals because that's food. Um, but anyways, it was always something that tasted good um, because that's what a lot of Italians believe. It's a, every meal is kind of like a celebration of life. The thing is, when you have too many celebrations, you know, maybe celebrations should be curtailed to special days or, you know, not every single day. When you have too many celebrations, uh, you could lose your way pretty quickly, especially when it comes to health. And so we had a lot of health problems on both sides of the family, but especially the Italian side. Um, and then also, uh, you know, it, it ran with me as well. So I guess we never thought of, about it as nutrition at all. So was the Italian side of the family a little bit overweight? Almost everyone, yes. Almost <laughs> I did have an aunt uh, who had an eating disorder for a while, and um, and so she was very skinny, but everybody else was definitely overweight. So everybody must have been very concerned everybody. about her. Yes. Well, all, we were all worried about her because she was, you know, too skinny. That was always, always the thought. Yeah. Oh, you're too skinny, too skinny. And believe me, I mean, Italian women, especially the older women in my family, they push food on you like 24 seven, eat something, mm -hmm. eat something, eat something. And they're constantly cooking and constantly throwing food at you. I mean, it, it was, it was kind of wonderful as, as a child growing up that way. And I really wasn't overweight until like my mid twenties. And then all of a sudden it started catching up with me. My, my good metabolism couldn't keep up with the amount of food that I was eating. And what, what's the other side of your family? The other side of the family is mostly Czech. 
Um, there's some French on that side as well, but they're way more spaced out. We have a lot of family that is still in Luxembourg as well, and I've never been over there to visit them. We have had like I've had cousins go over there and um, spend time with them and all of that. I have not spent a lot of time with them, and so uh, otherwise, yeah, they're around the Chicago area, but they don't get together that much, and so just didn't see a whole heck of a lot of them. And when whenever we did get together, it was usually Thanksgiving, maybe one or two other days per year. And that was it. The food wasn't very good. So, it's all that I so you remember. you actually have family in Luxembourg? Mm-hmm. How many people can say that, right? I mean, this wow. tiny little country, um, which, by the way, as I'm finding out, is like one of the more affluent countries in the world. Um, I should definitely go and visit them and... Uh, you know, stay for a while. That's what, that's what my cousin did. He basically went over there unannounced, knocked on the door and said, Hey, I'm your cousin. And, um, but, but before you know it, I mean, he was staying there and it was absolutely beautiful and he looked just like them. I mean, there was no disputing the fact that he was family. When I was a kid, I had a stamp collection in Luxembourg, great stamps, you know, yeah, (laughs) Luxembourg collection was important. I think that may be the biggest industry in Luxembourg. I'm not sure. Might be. Might be. <laughs> so it never occurred to you really that food had anything to do with health. It was just about it, taste, right? Glenn, it didn't occur to me until I was 46 years old. That's it, a little it, late I never for thought that of it. revelation. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what but I, I think, think too. I think that that's common. I think that people don't think about food in relation to health. And you all well, you have to do is... So walk down let me, the supermarket aisle. Yeah. Well, and, and let me ask you this. So in, in Indiana, now I know in Wisconsin, the big fast food place is Culver's. Uh, it was born in Wisconsin. In fact, the first ever Culver's was in Sauk City, Wisconsin. It's about 20 minutes from where I live. And in Culver's, every single night you drive by there. I mean, there's a line around the building of cars and the dining room is packed as well. Now in Indiana, what is it? What's what's the big fast food place? Well, there's a new place called Raising Cane. Raising Cane's, in yeah. In our town that is some kind of chicken fingers or something and and it's 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 very disturbing because chickens don't have fingers so and is it it, (laughs) is it is it packed though is it packed like there are lines around the block i bet you yeah none of those people think of food as nutrition i i don't think it's ever crossed their mind that they're getting any kind of nutritional value from the food, except for if you ask people about it, they will tell you what, what nutrition is in the United States. It's protein. Am I getting enough protein, protein? I I need more protein, protein everywhere. I look, you got to have protein. I'm like, you don't need that much protein settled down. Why do you need whoever discovered protein did a real disservice to humanity because they did. we'd We'd be better off not knowing about it. Yeah, you, you know who needs protein? Now, my son needs protein, but my son burns thousands and thousands of calories on a daily basis working out. And mm. so when you start figuring out the actual protein that he needs just to maintain weight, it's about one gram per pound that he weighs because of the amount of work that he puts in. And there's lots of athletes like that. I mean, you know, when, when we're talking about like guys like even like Rip Esselstyn, who's like a, you know, a distance athlete or, or Rich Roll or um, Scott Jurek or, you know, and, and athletes like that. Now they're going to need a, a vast 
vast amount of protein because they got to rebuild the muscle that's there in their body. And that's what protein does. Um, mm -hmm. And so they need it. For us normal guys who are to have normal lives and stuff like that, I might need 30 or 40 grams of protein all day. And I can get more than enough of that from plants. I mean, I, I, I can beat that easily. Um, but and if even you your ask, son gets more than enough from plants. It's all from plants. And he's, and he's doing over 200 grams a day of protein just from plants. Right. Um, yep. And what a difference it's made for him. It now, really for has. our listeners who don't know yet, uh, Rich's son, Joey, is a college baseball player. And we're hoping he's going to be drafted by the major leagues. So what's the update on that? So, um, yeah, scout day got pushed back until this next weekend because this past weekend it was awfully cold. And oh. so uh, playing baseball in the cold isn't the best, but the weekend coming up here, it's going to be in the 70s in Wisconsin. Um, so we got a nice warm weekend, and they, they pushed it all back to that, and there's going to be six scouts in person. So it's from six different ball clubs, um, including the head of scouting of one of the major league teams. I don't think I need to say which one. And then there's 24 other scouts. There's only 30 major league clubs. So six plus 24 is 30. Every uh, team is going to have a scout present. They also do live video stuff. And during that live video stuff, th those scouts can actually interact directly with Joey's coach and ask for certain aspects of workouts uh, to be done over and over again. But he'll be connected actually with um, blast technology as well, which like shows like everything about his swing. He'll have um, there's cameras on that actually show stats about um, how fast he's throwing, how far he could throw, all all of this kind of stuff. Spin rate on pitches. Um, and all of that again. He's an outfielder who can also pitch, and he throws over ninety, and he's lefty, and he's six four and two hundred twenty five pounds, and wow. runs like the wind. And he's got a real good shot. Um, they're they're going to come out with the preseason All American team pretty soon. He should be on that. Um, you know, he's on everybody's watch list right now. So, and so yeah. he's an outfielder who can pitch. An outfielder who can also pitch, and he could he could pitch his butt off. When it came down to conference championship time, and they needed to win um, the uh, the it, to get into the conference tournament, who did they uh, rely on? It, it was my son, and he hadn't started a game all year as a pitcher. Ended up going out there throwing eight scoreless innings, and they won the game. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, and you know he did he didn't practice pitching at all. Just went out there and and did it, and is throwing ninety two miles an hour and and blowing guys away at the, at the college level. So, yeah, I mean, I. I you know, I, I definitely, you know, have a little bit of a brag like that. And I, I want to be humble about it. This kid has worked his butt off. He was a late bloomer. It's not like he was the best baseball player that was on his team his entire life. You know, his freshman year of high school, he was on the freshman team. Um, and then his sophomore year, he decided he was going to make a change because he really wanted to be on the varsity team. And from that time on, he's done nothing but work. And I mean, on a daily basis, it's working out every day. It's 200 swings every day. It's long toss. It's, I mean, it's, it's so much. And then now, even as of late over the last, you know, six months or so, it's been nothing but plant-based, uh, you know, nutrition. In fact, I want to say this, you throw out a term that I really like, instead of saying plant-based. Plant exclusive actually works much better for me because right. plant based to me sounds like, yeah, I mostly eat plants, but I could throw right. some other stuff in there. Right. I know that's not what it means. I know, I know plant based actually means that you're eating nothing but plants, but well, plant no, exclusive. Nobody knows for sure. No, Rich, nobody knows really? for sure. Some people use plant based to mean vegan. 
And some people use plant-based to mean, yeah, I had some vegetables with my roast beef. I mean, yeah, no. you know, it's a vague term. And, and uh, I, I like agree with you exclusive. that plant-exclusive is a better term. We have to give Chef AJ credit for that because she's the one. It's excellent. Good for her because, it. yeah, it actually it, it defines what, what it is. And then what I'm finding out about it, too, is as I became plant-exclusive, now it was three years ago, I'm finding myself actually becoming more vegan. Um, and for those that, that don't understand like the difference, so you could be plant exclusive and then wear leather shoes, you know, or yeah. I could be plant exclusive and go hunt deer or, you know, I, I don't have to eat the deer. I could just shoot the deer and mount the deer on my wall or something like that. But I'm finding myself being plant exclusive and more and more vegan. I, I won't order leather shoes anymore for, for anything. I don't, I won't wear a leather jacket, you know, stuff like that. I don't, yeah. I won't buy even, even my car has, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not called pleather, but it's like a, it's, it's like yeah. a, a synthetic leather, um, you know, that, that, that they use now. And, and I, I, I don't, want to hurt the animals at all. I mean, it's not even just at the point of not eating them. It's to the point of saying, I, I just don't want to want, want to do it at all. So um, it, it's kind of interesting. I think it's, it's kind of an evolution. I don't know if everybody makes that step, but I think if you do go plant exclusive, I think it does start turning into possibly vegan or or usually yeah. does because yeah, yeah I, and, and you're not eating dead flesh anymore. So it does make kind of sense that you might go that direction you know, feel a little kinder and gentler towards animals. Absolutely. So tell us, um, what's Joey's state of mind now as he's in this big inflection point where he may get drafted by the majors majors. And if he doesn't, I would imagine that would be a big letdown. It's there's a lot of pressure there, isn't it? It, it could be. Yeah. It's well, I mean, and, and here's the thing there, there should be a lot of pressure. So it, when, when you think about it for jobs like that in the majors, I mean, there's millions of guys that are going for that job on a yearly basis and not just millions of guys in the United States. It's millions of guys around the world. It's athletes in Japan and in Korea, you know, and in China and in Australia, they're actually coming from now. And the Netherlands actually is bringing people. Um, and then you have people from all over South and Central America and Canada. They're all vying for these spots. So, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of pressure and only 20 rounds to get drafted. It means only 600 guys every year get drafted. Now, if he doesn't get drafted, he could still sign with a major league club. Um, if they want to sign him. So as an undrafted free agent, although there you don't get a signing bonus or an, a, anything like that, but you still get an opportunity to be on the club and make the team and all of that. Um, or he could also play what's called independent minor league baseball. And sometimes guys go through that route. Um, and then a lot of those uh, independents now are kind of loosely affiliated with the majors. And so it's yet another way to go. So he's got backup plans and you know of course if the whole baseball thing doesn't work out and there's a really good chance that it doesn't because it doesn't for for you know almost everybody right. on the face of the earth um then you know he's 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 got a degree and he's working towards a master's degree and then you know he would still like to work in sports and i'm sure he'll be able to whether it's coaching or you know working for the front office of a major league club or something like that. I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to get an opportunity to do that. So one way or the other, he's going to be around, you know, smelly locker rooms. I'm, I'm guessing for the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, what does he prefer pitching or, uh, 
Or? He definitely prefers the outfield. Um, he okay. likes the outfield and hitting, and he's really good at it. Um, one of the things is, I don't know if, if you watch a lot of baseball or, or have, um, there's some guys that play the outfield, and they need a ton of speed because they're not very good at judging the ball at first, and then they get a beat on it, and they run under it. My son always looks like he's gliding to the ball, like a, a ball be hit really hard to the gap, and it looks like he's jogging, and you think that he's never going to get there. And he's always there. He just makes wow. it look easy. And and one of the things is he's like, Dad, I don't know what it is. I mean, it just it just happens. He gets such a good read off the bat every time that he knows exactly the path to take, and he never has to, you know, really run and dive and do stuff like that because he's always there. It's it's not like he's not there. Um, he's just there. He really loves the outfield. He really loves hitting. And he's a three eighty uh, hitter at, at the collegiate level lifetime. Um, so, I mean, he's pretty damn good at it. And, um, but other than that, I mean, if, if pitching's the way he has to go, I guess he would do that. And as a left-hander, that's very coveted, but so is a left-handed power stick and he can hit home runs that are, are crazy long. So, um, yeah, I, he, he, he likes the outfield. Hitting? Hitting. Um, yeah, that's not for him. Although he has taken up golf lately and mm-hmm. he plays that right-handed so that it won't mess up his left-handed baseball swing. He plays golf right-handed, and he could already beat me. I've been playing golf all my life, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not that good at it, but he's really good <laughs> at it, and I'm not sure why, But he, and, and he's doing it with his other hand. I mean, I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. going out and playing left-handed you know, golf yeah. or doing anything, anything left-handed. I can't eat left-handed. I, I, I can't, I would, it would take a lot of mental power just to, to get through all of that. And he just went out there and just started learning how to golf. Oh, about four months ago. Uh-huh. And now, yeah, he's, he's hitting greens and regulation all the time. If he plays 18 holes, he'll hit 14 greens and regulation, which is absolutely amazing. Do you remember how old he was when you, when you and your wife said, Oh, this kid's a lefty. Yeah, he was a year old. Um, in fact, uh, so when he first started grabbing things, everything was left-handed. Uh-huh. Um, we we knew for sure when he was about a year old. I mean, because we, we would try to put things in his right hand and see if he would do it. I mean, nothing. It was always left-handed everything. And so um, that's okay. I was kind of hoping for that. You, know? <laughs> you were hoping. <laughs> being, being, being a lifetime baseball fan and being around baseball myself and as a, as a broadcaster, I was, I was hoping for a lefty. So, um, yeah, I got one. All right. Now, uh, and what was the reason why Joey decided to go plant exclusive? So he actually – so he had seen me, you know, at first make the switch. And that didn't convince him. What he ended up doing, though, he had a paper um, that was a final for one of his business classes. And I forget how it was related, but he started, um, the, the, the paper had something to do with like a plant-based business project, like a fake business that he was putting together. Mm-hmm. And so to research it, um, the first thing that he did was start watching, he started watching documentaries and stuff like that. And the one that of course caught his eye was the game changers as it, as it did for me. Um, because it really, I think speaks to, you know, you know, I guess testosterone driven men or something. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's very alpha male I guess is, mm-hmm. is the way to, to think about it. And, and so, um, that one started appealing to him, but all of a sudden he's watching what the health and forks over knives and, and conspiracy. And, you know, he's just, he's going through the whole list of it. 
Um, and before you know it, he's watching, you know, like uh, Kiss the, is it called Kiss the Ground? I think the, the Woody Harrelson one, which right. uh, is actually really, really good. And so, um, you know, he's well, putting in the I paper. I have my complaints with that one. Do you really? So yeah. so I would I would love to hear about that. So well, because, because it, 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 it's not advocating a plant-exclusive diet at the end. No, but. They make a case for what they call regenerative agriculture, which right. is a hoax. It's a hoax. Uh, regenerative agriculture. Look, let me start with the positives. You know, my mother, like all good mothers, taught you say something nice before you say okay. something critical. Okay. The nice part is it makes some, the movie makes some good points. Uh, we need to have what's called no-till or low-till agriculture. We need to Which disturb- I loved that point, and I didn't even right. think about that before that right. movie, so I thought that was very good. We need to disturb the earth as little as possible when we conduct agriculture. Um, and in regenerative agriculture, it's usually organic practices. It's usually no pesticides, or it should be no pesticides, no fertilizers. Uh, so it's better for the environment, and it is uh, healthy. But, and you can have regenerative, veganic agriculture. So you can have regenerative agriculture that it doesn't involve animals. And that's what I would advocate. But this idea, which is promoted within this film, <clears throat> excuse me, that you need cows on the land, and then the magical cow manure will make all everything just grow perfectly well. <clears throat> and, um, and then you can eat the cows. And you don't have too many cows like in feedlots. <clears throat> you just have the right number of cows and you rotate them lovingly from paddock to paddock before you chop their heads off. And, no. <laughs> you know... <laughs> get that from the movie at all because I, I thought at the end of the film they actually went out of their way to advocate for a, a plant-based at diet. At the end of the film they put on a fake little parade. It was... Okay. Because Woody's, Woody's very vegan. Woody is. The movie Yeah. Yeah, I met Woody Woody, I knew Woody before he was uh, famous and when I say I knew him I mean I met him one one or two days so he wouldn't remember me. His um, character was was an Indiana boy in Cheers. Is he yeah, actually and from I met Indiana? Him in Indiana, we, we, you know, I we were I was in grad school and we were in a theater conference together, and that's when I met him. And I doubt he would remember that, but it was in I think South Bend, Indiana. I think, um, okay. and uh, we got snowed in, and we stayed there an extra day, and we had a lot of fun. Um, so. Uh, in any case, at the end of this movie, they put on a fake little parade with people holding signs, right? It wasn't a real protest that they were filming. It was just a little fake parade that actors were hired to hold signs. And this, among the signs were signs that said, less meat, better meat. You see, and that's a hoax. We don't need less meat and better meat. We need no meat. You know, right. and, and there is no better meat. Uh, and in fact, the idea of having grass-fed meat, which is often a fallback for those who don't want to go plant-exclusive, and they say, well, but I only eat grass-fed meat. 
Well, it's actually worse for the environment than the CAFO meat because right. the grass-fed cows, uh, they may have happier lives. I'll give you that. They may have happier lives, but they live longer. And because they're moving around, they don't fatten up as quickly before they're sent to the same slaughterhouses as the, as the um, feedlot cows. Um, and therefore, they are belching more methane for longer, and they're eating the grass and they're using the land. And that is the number one um, problem with animal agriculture is all the land and all the water it takes. So, you know, 37% of the land on earth is used for grazing. Another 6% is used to grow feed for the animals. So that's 43% of the earth's land that we dedicate to animal agriculture. And if we didn't graze animals, and that's not a natural thing, grazing animals. You know, animals were meant to be in nature and they were meant to be predators, not fences and guards. Um, so, and, and cows are not really a natural creature anyway. You know, uh, what was created on the earth that humans initially encountered were oxen, and we kind of softened them up and turned them into cows. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, when you, when you take up 43% of the earth, that is what's preventing us from getting out of the climate crisis, because the only Absolutely. way out, the only way out is we rewild the grazing lands. If we rewild the grazing lands, there will be enough vegetation to get us out of this crisis. And if we don't rewild the grazing lands, there isn't enough land to do it. Well, I, I think one of the issues too, and I, I know you've talked about it before and it, it's in the book and, and what happens to water as well. So one yeah. of the issues that we have in, in Wisconsin, so there's a, a huge dairy farm that's really near our, our house and it's it's kind of off the, the, the beaten path because they never put it on a main highway because they don't want everybody to see what the heck's going on. But they have at this huge dairy park, and, and, and I'm talking like, like thousands of head of cattle. Um, that, that, that they have to have there. And all the cows are like always in stanchions. They get all the crates lined up for all of the calves then that uh, and end up coming out. And they have these ponds and the ponds are fairly big ponds. And when I, I mean ponds, you know, they're, they're way bigger than Olympic size swimming pools. So just, just, just to put it in, in perspective, we're talking about, you know, a few football field sized ponds. Okay. And when you say and ponds, that, are we talking lagoons of manure? That's that's exactly what what I'm talking yeah. about. And so Pond they they is come a off, nice word for this. yeah right. <laughs> well, it, they they end up coming off of the back of of these um you know cattle houses or whatever the hell they yeah. they call them where they got you know 500 cows in there or whatever and it comes off the back and it's just like black sludgy manure all in into this pond and in Wisconsin it it gets in our waterways and then what happens yeah. is is that all of our waterways get this awful smelling algae um that ends up killing right. everything and we got tons of dead fish and all kinds right. of stuff and we can't swim in our lakes anymore we got we have more lakes in the state of Wisconsin than they have in the state of Minnesota 
and almost every one of them is polluted to the point that you cannot swim in them. Right. Um, and one of the more like even pristine ones, we got one called Devil's Lake, uh, which has been around for millions of years and is a beautiful place to go hiking because there's like cliffs all the way around this thing. And normally this lake is so clean that you would be able to jump in there, open your eyes underwater, and it's like you're in a chlorinated swimming pool. I mean, it's such an amazing lake and people have gone there, I mean, forever. And I we, we usually make a couple of treks a year up there because it's only about 45 minutes away and you take like a ferry to get there. I mean, it's a wonderful excursion. There's now algae growing in there. Um, and the, the lake's going to be ruined shortly. Uh, and it's, and it's an absolute sin what is happening and why people aren't making the connection like, Hey, maybe we need to stop this part of what we're doing before we destroy every waterway that we have in, in Wisconsin. And, you know, I'm guessing at some point getting into the drinking water. It's, yeah. a, it's affecting everything that, that, that we end up doing. And it's, and it's sad and it's gross. And, um, I, I don't even know what, what, what to make of it anymore. Uh, you know, I, I pass by this place on almost a daily basis and I'm just, I'm disgusted every single time. You see, if we give up the stupidity of people eating animals, then everything gets better. The water gets better. We have more water. The water gets cleaner, the rivers get cleaner, the lakes get cleaner, the air gets cleaner, the soil gets richer. You know, every we, we stop having so many diseases, we get healthier, the climate gets a break, everything gets better. Look how fast, by the way, if you remember like the first couple of weeks of the COVID lockdowns and the air quality, and they were showing it like around, you know, cities like Los Angeles and all of a sudden two weeks of them not going out and about. Did you see how quickly the earth kind of cleans itself up and the atmosphere cleans itself up? I mean, it it could happen quickly, Glenn. Like, I mean, that quickly we can, you know, regenerate this thing and get back on where, you know, back on course where we should be. But the the problem is culture. The problem is that people, for some reason that I have trouble wrapping my head around, they find it awfully threatening to change. They, They grew up eating a certain way, and they just can't imagine eating healthy human food. They get angry about it. They they yeah. they really do get angry about it. You know what? One of the things that we talked about on the on the Real Men E Plants podcast is so people are getting better at accommodating special needs. And so what what I mean by that is, say like in Vermont, they they have the uh, the, the deal with the, the locker room that was going on, and and in, in that case there was a a person born male that decided they wanted to be female and been transitioning to that. And so they made an exception and and let that person use the girls' locker room. Now, the girls were uncomfortable about it, so they ended up moving the girls to a different part of the the locker room or whatever where they can get changed and what have you. But that, that school was willing to make an accommodation for, you know, for that one person. Now, but what I'm wondering is, would they make that same accommodation if that one person said, I'm vegan, 
And today I want something different on the menu that was yesterday. I don't just want sides or a salad that's made. You have a whole menu for everybody else that goes to this school. I would like a menu that's vegan, which by the way, I don't want it hitting anything. I don't want it hitting a grill that has meat on it. I don't want it hitting a fryer that's had meat in it. I don't want it hitting any of that stuff. I want an actual vegan menu on a daily basis. And I, I almost guarantee you they would not accommodate that. And I don't understand why we can't make that jump where we're saying we'll accommodate a lot of people, but we're not going to accommodate you, you weird plant exclusive vegan types when the weird plant exclusive vegan types are the ones that are really going out of their way, not only for their own health, but to keep everybody's health in check, um, especially when it comes to environmental health. Um, and, and I don't get why we can't make that leap and say, Hey, let's, let's accommodate this along the way. Because I do think, cause here, here, here's what I'm learning about Joey and Joey going through the whole process. So everyone on his team keeps looking at him. And at first, you know, he was getting razzed by his team mercilessly, mm-hmm. but then his coach started doing some research on it. And now his coach is accommodating him. Now there's other guys that are looking at Joey and saying, well, damn, you're, you're ripped dude. And you hit home runs that are 450 feet and I can't get the ball out of the infield. Maybe there's something. Oh He's my hit goodness. 450? He, he hit one over 500 feet. Glenn, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. 511 500 feet. feet and 11 feet. It landed. So there's the, the over the fence. Is, so the there, fence. is there a major league record for the, for the furthest? Yeah, line? it's, it's more than that. Um, so I'm not wow. sure if, you know, Dick Allen, I think, you know, Richie Allen back in the seventies, um, he, he hit one, I think over 600 feet. Joey's was an estimated five eleven, and they actually got like a, a thing that they can use to, to track the actual wow. distance of, of where it, it ended up, but it went over the wall that was 380. Then it went over a path, basically it's 100 feet in between that and another field, and then it landed on another baseball field in, wow. in their outfield. So they ended up estimating it after the game because the ball, it was it was kind of wet out there, and it just, I mean, it didn't roll or anything. It just it just thunked in, into the ground. Um, it was a moonshot. I mean, the, the most amazing wow. thing I remember when he hit it was everybody's faces. Everybody looked at each other like it was the most amazing thing they'd ever seen. That's because they probably never seen in their life a ball. Yeah. hit that hard uh and, yeah. and go that far and so they ended up you know taking out the uh the the laser distance thingy uh that that they use that's hooked up to a phone app and they estimated it at 511 feet and oh. uh, i think it was it was all of that and yeah everybody was was absolutely amazed but that's now his team's looking at joey now they're asking questions um yeah. and now his team's like well how do you get enough protein how are you doing this and joey's like i, I hate that question but he goes dad I, I i don't think they know they just don't don't get it so i'm trying to educate them at first they were being jerks about it now they're actually asking wait how do you do this what's going on with this and he's finding that there's more and more guys that are getting interested because He's the biggest, strongest, fastest kid on the team now, and he wasn't always that way. Um, and so they want to know just how the heck is he doing it? And of course, it takes a lot of work too. It's not just eating plants, but um, you know he's gotten so much better and faster and stronger and everything else since eating plants because his recovery is so much better. The inflammation in his body um, has gone down to next to nothing, and so he's ready to work out harder and harder every day. Um, you know, be, because of that, and recovery time is key for athletes. So. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I think, Glenn, you know, when, when we talk about this, just a lot of people don't know. 
I mean, it's it they 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 don't make the connection. It's it's not because they're they're willfully ignorant. I I do think that they just don't know. It's it's not like a doctor's ever told them. It's not like a teacher's ever told them. Um, you know, they would have to find the information on their own. And so they're they're flipping through Netflix and they go right by the game changers or forks over knives or what the health because they don't know what that is. Then they're they're going to go watch you know whatever else is on Netflix. So, you know, some some murder documentary or you know a new show that's out or something like that or a new Marvel movie, but it, I, I don't think that they're willfully ignorant. I just don't think they've ever been taught. Um, and so I do think that there needs to be um, better advocates. You know, sometimes Hollywood um, will put out there, you know, like Lizzo is a vegan. And so Lizzo's kind of a vegan spokesperson. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to give up meat and cheese and dairy and still look like Lizzo. Um <laughs> You know, it's, you know, they, they, they want to see people that are out in front that are, you know, are, are vegan, but I think it's going to take someone more well-known, someone who's not a pothead, someone who's not considered a weirdo, someone who's a little bit more mainstream that is also vegan or plan exclusive or whatever it is. And then they say, oh, that's the person I want to emulate, um, well, which is one of the reasons why I root so hard for Justin Fields in the NFL, uh, because he's plan exclusive and he's an amazing athlete, but the Bears are going to have to do some winning. And if he wins a Super Bowl, um, then, and he's, he'll, he's a vegan and he's got his own vegan brands and all of that kind of stuff. Now I think you're going to see people really starting to take notice and say, Oh, okay. Um, this is something that I can do. Maybe this is something I need to learn a little bit more about and not just poo poo, because a lot of times I think people look at vegans or something, they say, that's a crazy person. They don't, they, they don't know. Everyone else around me is still eating at Raising Cane's or Culver's or, or McDonald's. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we, we have vegan celebrities and have had, uh, and they're great celebrities for some time. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Woody Harrelson and there are many others, but um, I also, I also think so like, so like Woody, I mean, he's, he is pothead, you know, I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I think that that'll, that'll throw some people off. I think they're looking for someone who's maybe not, you know, and uh, again, there are, there are fabulous guys out there and that are doing, you know, wonderful work, but I think it's going to take someone really mainstream, um, somebody, you know, cause there, there is the, the whole TB12 diet. And so Tom Brady um, came out with the book and the and the TB12 diet and his TB12 and what what is that what is that involved? T so TB is Tom Brady. Those are the initials, okay. and twelve is the number that he wears. And the TB12 diet is ninety percent plant based. So he still will eat chicken and salmon and you know stuff like that and cheese and and what have you. But only ten percent of his calories come from that. Um, which is a, a that definite, sounds like a ninety percent good diet, and a it's it's a step in the right direction. Right. It's a step in the right direction. Think if if we all did the TB twelve diet, then we could cut grazing land by ninety percent, and so yeah, that's that, that'd be a win. It's a big win. Um, so I'm not totally against it or poo pooing it, but this is something that people now have looked at and said, okay, well, because Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls and has played in ten of them and, and is married to a supermodel, whatever you know, divorce proceedings he's going through, whatever, um, people look at him and, and say, oh wow, it'd be cool to be like Tom Brady, and maybe there's something to this thing. So I I, I think more of that can become mainstream, but I I, I do think you're going to need a mainstream celebrity and a real good spokesperson um, to start that. And then also, I think, Glenn, I don't know why it is not taught in schools at all. Well, it isn't even taught in medical schools. Right. 
Yeah. Never mind regular schools. It's just um, not taught. It's, you know, it's just one of the biggest problems, if not the biggest problem in the world, that people don't understand how to eat like human beings. And as a result, we're destroying the earth. And, you know, in addition to destroying our own health. Absolutely. And, you know, I see people on the news all the time, politicians and others who I may agree with on any number of issues. But then I think, but they don't get the big one. They don't understand what's really causing more, most of our problems. Yeah. And, and they, they have uh, these climate change conferences. And the one, I think, was it in Scotland last year or Glasgow, earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah, and you know they're they're serving meat, you know, and dairy yeah. at, at at the conference. Like you got to be kidding me! Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't understand. So it, yeah. it it drives you nuts. It does. Um. So tell me, when you became plant based, now how many years ago, or plant exclusive? How many years ago was that? Now three, three. years now. So it was three years on on November first, twenty nineteen. How did your diet evolve? from your first day being plant exclusive to today. Yeah. And I, I could even tell you, I, I can almost go through like even what I, I had for dinner today. I mean, so, um, okay. so it, because when, when it started, all I wanted at that point was like plant-based versions of everything that I had eaten as a meat eater. Right. Um, Fake and so, burgers as it were. Yeah. So at first, you know, there, there was lots of, you know, impossible meats and beyond meats and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And um, where it has evolved to, um, which, which I think is, is wonderful. So like I make these breakfast sausages. Now they're um, Shane Martin um, from Shane and Simple and, and a wonderful, uh, he was a guest on, on the Real Many Plants podcast, showed me how to do it. They're, they're sausages, quote unquote, no oil, mostly made out of oats. Um, you know, like this is, this is what I, I eat. My, my kids actually will laugh because the only one, uh, jo Joey won't even eat these, but they taste to me like breakfast sausage, but it looks like an oatmeal cookie. Um, it, it doesn't crumble like that. It's got the texture of like, you know, a breakfast sausage and I'll eat that with like a, 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 I'll, I'll take some tofu and make like a, a, a tofu, like egg patty, you know, like out of, out of silken tofu and a little bit of, of what's called black salt. And, um, you know, it tastes very eggy. And then, you know, I might have some oat pancakes to make a breakfast sandwich out of it. And, um, in it, there's absolutely no oil and all whole ingredients. And I get everything organic too, and all of that kind of stuff. But even tonight, I mean, for dinner, I had what was quote unquote, a Caesar salad. Um, and this Caesar salad, um, had romaine lettuce in it, and the the Caesar dressing that I made was a oil free hummus with some capers, um, actually in there, and some mustard um, uh, in there as well. And you kind of mix it up, and it tastes like Caesar dressing. It's it's absolutely wonderful. I, I took half a lemon and squeezed it in there as well. And uh, before you know it, it tastes like Caesar dressing. And I I put the romaine in there, and I got chickpeas on there, and um, you know it's. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a, a Caesar salad, but it was absolutely delicious. Yeah, you, know? um, right. you know this, and and I ate that with uh, you know a ba I had a baked potato, and you know I I, yeah. I like it with, with with the skins on, and I don't put yeah. a whole bunch of any I don't put anything on there. It's just a baked potato, and I eat the I eat a, a baked potato. This is, you know that's, that's that one, that was that's dinner. one of the key. That's one of the keys, isn't it, Rich? To yeah. learn to enjoy to eat, learn to enjoy eating simple foods. Oh my Just goodness, Glenn! Eat I, a you, baked potato, eat brown rice, eat simple foods, and you feel kind of virtuous. 
and it's delicious. And you you discover you don't need sugary sauces and salty salty foods. You you can eat simple, basic, healthy, whole foods. You know what's really like sweet to me now? So and yeah. you're you're in the Midwest. This is great, like apple time. And mm-hmm. so there's tons of apple orchards. And uh, we went to an apple orchard and got this apple. I didn't even know that it existed. It's called the Sweet Sixteen. I don't know if you've ever tried this variety no, of apple. I have not. Oh my goodness. I thought honey crisps were good. This thing mm-hmm. blows a honey crisp out of the water. And I'm like, this is dessert right here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it hits my, my, my tongue and I'm like, woo, that's sweet. Um, but I know if I'm eating this whole apple with, you know, all, all of the, the, the skin and everything else that, that, that goes along with it, I'm not spiking my, my blood sugar. I'm not doing anything harmful for my body. You know, I know the apple orchard that, that it came from and that they don't use uh, pesticides. I mean, you, you really got to dig through and pick your own because, you know, there's lots of wormholes and all of that kind of stuff. And you, you got to find the, the, the really good ones. But but my goodness, this thing is amazing. Um, yeah. And so your your taste buds do change. For me, you, you go back and you're asking how, how it started to where it is now. When I first started, it took little less than I think two weeks for my taste buds to change. But I remember like 10 days in or so eating an apple and it was like eating an apple for the first time in my life because I'd never tasted an apple like that before. Um, before that, for me, the, you know, the sweetness came from ice cream or, you right. know, cookies and stuff like that. And I had that apple. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, you, you, ha- you have some fruit sometimes now where you get like a really good peach or a really good pear or something to that, that extent, some great pineapple or cantaloupe. And you're just like blown away. Like, Oh, this is incredible food. Um, you know, and I, I don't think that everybody experiences that if you're always eating all the processed sugars because it won't taste sweet to you. It won't taste the same to you. Um, or if you're only extracting juices and stuff like that, you're not getting all of the fiber and the pulp and everything that should be going along with it and all the micronutrients and phytonutrients and the stuff that your body needs. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, your, your taste buds change. And the other thing I'm finding too, I think hunger actually comes from the fact that you didn't get all the nutrients and your body is saying, I need more nutrients. You didn't give me the nutrients that I need right now, whether it's micronutrients, phytonutrients, actual, you know, big ass macronutrients, you didn't give it to me. So I'm starving because people will talk about eating fast food and being hungry again in an hour or two. Well, what nutrition did you give your body? Of course your body's still hungry. I need vitamins. I need minerals. I need stuff here. I need some fiber. Where is it? Give it to me. And that's your body saying, hey, I'm hungry still. You did not feed me. You talk about eating like a human. You didn't eat like a human right now. I didn't get anything. And and so your stomach or wherever it's coming from is saying, feed me more um, because you, you didn't give me all of that. And I, th- I think that's one of the, the most wonderful changes when I ended up going plant-based was like, wow, I'm less hungry than I've ever been. And it all was because I was eating correctly. And I'm betting that the food now is better than the food then in terms of yes. it tasting more delicious. Right? It is. I, I've never enjoyed food more. And and people are always like, come on, Rich. You know, like you grew up Italian. And my grandmother, she was such an amazing cook. And it's where I had learned. I learned how to cook Italian from my grandmother. She would have us over every Sunday. And there'd be 15 of us in our family that would be over. So, you know, her and her husband, you know, my, my, my grandfather and their kids and then their 
kids and all of that and husbands and, and wives and stuff would be there for dinner every Sunday. So there was 15 of us every single Sunday and she would leave a couple extra spaces open. And I used to wonder, I'm like, why the hell is she doing this? And I remember even as a little kid asking her and she's like, you'll see people always come every Sunday. There'd be a, a a doorbell, you know, going off, someone knocking on the door, and they would always be, oh, Annie, my, my, my grandmother's name was Anna Marie. Annie, we didn't know you were eating. So sorry. Of course, what would my grandmother do? Come on in, sit down, have a plate, have a plate. She always made plenty and had extra. They knew what was going on. They could smell it down the block. They came over because she was cooking. So, I, I mean, I, I grew up with amazing food from amazing cooks and I've never enjoyed food more than I do now eating plant exclusive um, and right. doing it that way, especially when I, when it's, when it's whole food plant-based, I actually enjoy it more. I, I, I think that there, there's way more to it um, and it's, it's way more delicious. Sometimes I'll, I'll still eat some, you know, like processed, uh, you know, kind of, you know, vegan plant exclusive stuff. Um, but it, it, it's because I'm in a hurry or I, right. I, I, I have no choice at, at this point. I'm not at home. I didn't plan well um, or, or what have you. And it's nowhere near as good as when we're eating whole food plant-based. And I'll bet if you today tried some, and don't do this, but if you <laughs> tried some regular dairy ice cream, <sighs> it would be sickeningly sweet and fatty and, and give you an upset stomach and just feel terrible. Do you ever make right? an ice cream? Uh, yes. I, I, I think nice bananas. Cream, bananas. I mean, yeah. you, you, some bananas and strawberries. We'll, we'll make the strawberry nice cream. That, that's all that's in there. I, it's bananas, uh, strawberries, and I'll put a little of the like pure vanilla extract or something in there. Yeah. Wham! And and whip that thing up. It tastes and looks like ice cream. It's absolutely yeah. delicious. And absolutely. It's so why absolutely do people delicious. need to have cow lactation? And they don't cane know. sugar in their desserts. You know, it's just crazy. They really don't know. And uh, it, it's up to us to, you know, help educate. I, I really think that. Um, and so at least I'm doing, I think I'm doing my part. I've been able to convert people in my family to going plant-based. I've How been many able to convert it. So, so far. So I got two cousins um, who ended yeah. up going plant-based as well. And my son, um, mm -hmm. so that that's three men, um, you know, in, in my family alone. Plus I have, mm -hmm. what is it now? One, two, three, four friends, um, all men, hey, um, so who have seven. also gone. That's hey, that's, that's and seven people plus me is eight. Listen to, to you right. on podcasts. So yeah. this is, this is wonderful. I mean, and so it, it's a dent, you know, at least it, it's progress. And so, you know, hopefully they're teaching, you know, their friends about it. And actually one, one of my cousins actually got one of his friends to go plant-based as well. They've been plant-based yeah. for, for two years now. And so, uh, I, well, I, I love it. I I've been for many years now, you know, I'm a little ahead of you here cause I've you been are. vegan 30 <laughs> years. Um, but after I wrote with Howard Lyman, Mad Cowboy, you know, I'm sure we started converting people to a plant-exclusive diet. And I was feeling good about it. I was creating a few vegans here and there. And then I co-authored or authored other books. And I was feeling good about it. And then my new friend Silas Rao says to me that we got to turn the whole world vegan in the next four years. <laughs> and the strain of that, I mean, that's everybody. That's not yeah. just Americans. We got to turn the Chinese vegan. We got to turn 
all the Indians vegan. We got to turn all the Russians vegan. We have to turn the Taliban vegan. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever had a conversation with a Taliban about eating a, a, a diet of compassion? You I'm know? here talking to you, so obviously I have not. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so the strain of trying to turn the world vegan in four years, you know, it gave me a hernia. So now I have to deal with this hernia, which is a problem. So, uh, yeah, it, it might not be four years. And so that's yeah. a, that's a real scary number. I mean, I, I love it. You, you know, you bring up Howard Lyman's name and, you know, he was a cattle rancher. Um, yeah. you know, it, T Colin Campbell was a dairy farmer. Um, right. you know, if, if they can make the jump, if they can make the conversion, if they, you know, I mean, T Colin Campbell set out to go to the Philippines to prove that they needed more animal protein. This was right. what he was going to scientifically prove. And then he got evidence that said, uh Oh, I'm on the wrong path. And he was open-minded enough to say, I'm not only on the wrong path, I got to teach everybody else that they're on the wrong path is wonderful. Right. I mean, and, and yeah. Howard Lyman, you know, has actually been sued, you know, I mean, it's been in trouble with, uh, uh, you know, what, whatever that, what is that? The, uh, the, the, the not the meat a, association, a, 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 a bunch the, of cattlemen. He, Howard yeah. had been on the Oprah Winfrey show mm-hmm. and talking about mad cow disease and a bunch of lunatic cattlemen. Uh, oh, I don't want to get sued. A yeah. bunch of really <laughs> respectable cattlemen from Texas uh, decided that Oprah didn't have the right to say that she would never have another hamburger and that Howard didn't have the right to say the truth about the problems with feeding cows to cows. Think and, how you know, insane no, that is. No Think of how chop- insane that is. Yeah, we no longer chop up cows and feed them to cows in part because of Howard Lyman's work. But I believe cows are still eating cow blood. So they've gone from being cannibals to vampires. Um, And we do feed chicken manure to cows. We feed fish to cows. Cows are the the largest ocean predator on the earth. Wow. Something you wouldn't think would be natural to them. And we feed cow manure to chickens. So there's a wonderful symmetry to animal agriculture. I mean, it's just craziness. Yeah. And and this insane industry is destroying the earth, and it's and people eat these products only because they're used to it, because they grew up eating it, because it's part of our culture, not because there's any nutritional value. There's the opposite of nutritional value. There's there's harm to your health, and uh, you know. So we have to do everything we can to get as many people vegan as soon as possible so that, you know, not too many people like us get hernias. Right. (laughs) From the strain of trying to convince people to do the right thing. Absolutely. It's not that easy, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're on our side, Glenn. Uh, We're we're doing the best we can. Yeah. I'm glad to have you on our side and all those you have converted. We're fighting uh, and, the good fight. And I'm hoping that your son makes the majors and turns the major leagues vegan. That would be that'll, incredible. That'll, that'll be a great day.
Well, and and think about how many people then would look it up and and be interested in it, and how many men that you know yeah. are watching baseball that would say, "Hey, maybe this is for me. Maybe this is something yeah. that I can do." Um, because I do think women are are ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, if 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 someone's vegan, you know, the chances are or or plan exclusive dying, chances are they're a woman. I I think it's two out of three um, in in this country, if not more. And so they're they're kind of ahead of us on keeping an open mind and trying to yeah. stay healthier. But uh, there's so much propaganda that works against men and so i think it's really incumbent you know upon us and why you know our podcast is partly called the real men eat plants podcast is because you can eat plants and still be a real man whatever you know you think that means and so you know i'm i'm really proud of that and that endeavor because i think that we're showing the way for for some guys you know and so maybe that that hernia becomes a little bit less for you then glenn well i hope so <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, Rich, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And you too. I, I want to keep track of your son, Joey, on his path to, I hope, the majors. I don't want to put too much pressure on him because if he doesn't make the majors, he will still have a great life. He will. He College season's majors, right around the corner, though, Glenn. Right around the corner. Yeah. So. If he makes the majors, I don't know who'll be prouder, you or me. <laughs> I'm just so, I'm just so delighted to have to have this quest to have Joey the vegan go to the majors. That would be great. All right. Well, why All don't right. you sign us off? Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. Once again, make sure that you like or subscribe to our podcast, and you can like or subscribe anywhere that podcasts are available, and you can also do it at realmeneatplants.com. Remember to click on that support button, take the 30-day challenge, read our blogs, also visit our YouTube channels as well, and we will see you all, hopefully, next time right here on The Glenn Mercer Show. Bye-bye.